Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to the Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts. You have stumbled on the Monday show, and it's the Steelers Q&A, where Tony Defio from Behind the Steel Curtain joins me every week, Brian Anthony Davis, for a big question, maybe that burning question that we're all thinking just for the moment. And so we are glad that you are joining us once again, not only on YouTube, if you're watching us live, or on any streaming platform that you could find us on. It is, uh, I mean, we are everywhere. We are omnipotent. And that's not a uh, bad thing that you go to the urologist for, Tony DeFeo. <laughs> Defeo, hey, I'm sorry. That's all right. Hey, Brian, good to see you. And I uh, hope you're having a great Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. And I wanted to say to you and uh, Dave and Michael, great interview on uh, Friday with uh, Zach Banner. I watched it on Saturday. I, I loved it. It was he, the guy. So he has such a, a, a great personality. I, I hope he uh, he becomes a, a figure in, on that in that team on that lock in that locker room. It, it would be it would be great if he if he does. And you know what? The great thing that I got out of that interview too was the fact that how tight he is with Chukawuma, Okorafor, better known as Chooks or as he calls him Chuki, which he <laughs> said that. Uh, uh, Chooks would not like if uh, he said it, but he doesn't care. Um, mm -hmm. Just a great personality. Uh, oh, yeah. Absolutely. You, you kind of want to hang out with that guy. So that's, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, big ups to uh, Michael Beck for bringing that about. I'm working on one that might be a possibility as early as this week, the current Steeler. But uh, until it's in the books, we're not going to be talking about it. Um, so we're working all the time. So if you see a stealer or a former stealer in the supermarket, you could, uh, what you can do is you can go ahead and tell them, Hey, you should be on behind the steel curtain. And, uh, we have a, a fellow that, uh, um, just showed up in the live chat. That's helping us out in the live chat with this one. So, um, big ups to Brad Jewett too. Thank you very much. So, uh, we're working on a few things, but a lot of, uh, a lot of familiar names, right here in the live chat and we're really excited to uh see him uh some names we haven't seen in a while um but great part of our btsc family so thank you so much uh i'm looking i'm seeing uh jonas and nap and jesse and nathaniel and deal with it and dave shipley and they're just the ones i'm looking on at the screen right now so if i missed you that uh doesn't mean that uh that that doesn't mean that uh, you don't mean a lot to us because you really do. Um, Nathaniel Zarate is already jumping in saying, if Ben goes down, we should call up the greatest Steeler quarterback of all time, Dick Shiner. Dick Shiner passed away. Um, so that's not going to be an option, but uh, that could be a better option than Duck Hodges. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I love Duck. I mean, that's now I'm channeling Zach Banner. Um so uh, for that's uh, something he would do. Those guys uh, go back and forth all the time, and it's such a great relationship. Uh, yeah, you love to see it. Um, he talked about that too, and he talked about a lot of things. So it's one thing that I got out of that interview too. Another thing is the fact that that seems like a very tight-knit team all the way around. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it seems really close. Um, we, we saw on Twitter the other day, uh, James Connor made a mention of, uh, it's, uh, 
one of the most important days of his life or his life changed mm-hmm. um, today or something. And, and one of the first ones to yell at him to like, Hey, elaborate was Zach Banner. <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't leave I us saw, hanging. I saw the, I re- the, re- the replies to that and they were, uh, people were panicking and, and rightfully so. I mean, it, it, you, know, you just never know when that, what a uh, cryptic uh, tweet like that, but he clarified it and says, it said it was at least good news. So that's, it's his business, but at least it's good news. So what we're going to do today on the show, the uh, big question that we're going to talk about today is what's the Steelers plan if Ben Roethlisberger happens to go down again? Now, this is not just a conversation of backup quarterbacks. Tony, this is a conversation to me that's very important because I don't think they were thinking about it as an entire team until what happened. And I thought they caught, they got caught with their pants down. The, the spandex, everything, everything was down last year. And what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I it's just the fact that the, the two guys that they had, they decided to, to go with two young guys behind Ben. And, you know, I think you just said, I, I think they probably were just expecting the best and, and, and they got the worst when it came to uh, uh, his health, Ben's health. And, and once he went down, it just, it was, they had to just throw the, uh, both of them into the fire and, and, and uh, hope that they learn from from their first experiences as NFL quarterbacks. I mean, that's I, you know that's that's the way I look at it. Is, is you know you, you drafted Rudolph for a reason in 2018. He had a year under his belt, you know, learning and watching and and practicing and playing in the preseason. And then you know you just had to throw him in there, and and he he gained 10 games worth of experience. And 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 Duck, I don't know how many games he played in, but at least a half dozen or so. So. I think, yeah, they were caught with their pants down, but at the same time, I think they made that choice. They, they wanted to have a younger quarterback room. I think I've read that uh, they used to want, when, when Ben was younger, they wanted veterans as his backups. Now, now they want younger guys that he's older. Now that he's older, they want younger guys that they can bring along. Yes. And I agree with everything you're saying, but that's not really exactly the entire scope of what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at a bigger picture here. When I'm talking about getting caught with your pants down, I'm talking about Randy Feetner. Randy Feetner was not ready to be the offensive coordinator of that team last year. He was ready to be the offensive coordinator of a team with Ben Roethlisberger quarterback. And I will argue with anybody that says that he was, that he was ready because I don't think he was. There was really no offensive coordinator on that team last year because the only thing that Randy Land was able to do was to defer to Ben. He had to learn on the fly, just like Mason Rudolph, Duck Hodges, like those guys had to learn on the fly. So help, help me out with that, Tony. That's that's kind of what I'm looking for. So on a team scope, do is there a plan? I'm not saying backup. The reason backup was not put in the title because this is not exactly a backup discussion. We will talk about backups, but the team as a whole, they weren't ready for Ben to go down, or they might not be ready for a guy like TJ Watt to go down for the year. So there's got, there's got to be, and you're never ready for that, but you've got to mm-hmm. think in the back of my back of your mind, you know, is everybody up to speed like who's calling the plays on defense? Who's calling the plays on offense? And if that guy goes down, are you ready to deal with that? 
And so that's more of the scope of what I'm talking about, having more people prepared. One thing, Tony, that I love Mike Tomlin, and a lot of the time I'm a big Mike Tomlin supporter. I'm an even bigger Mike Tomlin apologist. But one of the things that drives me crazy is the running the wheels off of a running back and not being ready when that running back goes down. Next man up is a great philosophy, but you know, you've got to you've got to be ready to know that the that the people behind those guys have enough experience and enough reps in practice to be able to go. What are your thoughts on that? Well, as far as is not, you know, Randy Fickner not being ready, I mean it, it it's it's <laughs> who who has a plan for for what direction to go after your 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 backup quarter or your I'm sorry your franchise quarterback goes down in the second week and, and you have youngsters as your backups. I mean I don't I don't know, you know, and that that's when you rely on James Conner, right? A guy like that. Somebody maybe you could you could uh throw your offense through you could you could build your offense around. But he was injured last year. He missed six games. Uh you know we've talked about Juju any a number of times. You know a lot of people on my show um Yul Skinner I'm, I don't know if he's using different names, but he seems to Love be asking the same question. Yeah, he's, he doesn't like Juju, and he was very, very critical of Juju last year. He's been critical of, you know, but a guy like that, he he had his struggles last year. So you, you're dealing with the loss of your 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 best player, uh, your two best skill position players struggle all year. So, you know, Nathaniel, he mentioned that he wanted to turn the TV off every time he saw the Wildcat. Well, I mean, there's, there's an example of, of trying something different when you don't have your your franchise quarterback and that didn't work so as far as a plan i mean i don't know i mean i don't know what what kind of plan they, they could have other than hope hoping that mason rudolph if that is your number two guy and, and, he, and he comes in if ben goes down again that he has learned from last year and and, and hoping that the other guys meaning james connor and, and, and juju and some of the other young skill position players that, that they uh raise their game otherwise i mean i don't know what what else uh, you can ask of a of a offensive coordinator in, or the team in general when you're when your top guy goes down. I mean, we see this uh, year in and year out when when somebody like of Ben Stature goes down, usually the wheels fall off of the offense. It's just that's just the reality of it. No matter who the coordinator is, I mean, some guys are able to 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 do some things with with a uh, spitting wire, as they say. But but more more often than not, I mean, it's you're looking at a season that doesn't even finish at eight and eight. Well, you know. Tony, I rarely disagree with you. Um, sometimes I feel like we're uh, Dave and Chainsaw on uh, the movie Summer School, the 1987 Mark Harmon classic um, with Kirstie Alley as well, where we share the same brain. Um, and we're right around the same age. So, I mean, that could be possible uh, to Western Pennsylvania boys. Um, but here's the thing. I, I kind of disagree with you on this because oh, I'll, I'll point out I'm pointing out the Chiefs, and everybody's sick of me talking about Matt Moore. Right. But Matt Moore came in and kept it going, right? They didn't win every yeah. game, but he kept right. it going. Right. And I just don't think that the offensive coordinator was ready to be in there without Ben Roethlisberger. So Dave Shipley put um, put in the live chat, that's why they brought in Matt Canada. And – is, know, this, is this another one of those secret offensive coordinator things? Because I think that's I think that's bullpucky. 
I, I, I'm not saying that. Yeah, and I know you do. Uh, you had an yeah. entire podcast on that, and right, uh, right, yeah. the use of bullpucky makes me smile. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I love it. Now, but now, what I'm saying is, you know, what? But when you talk about the secret, the uh, the secret <laughs> offensive coordinator, secret coordinator, are you talking about um, Big Ben? No, no, I'm I'm talking about Matt Canada because uh, okay, somebody, so Terrell Austin and on the defensive yeah, side, okay. right? Yeah, I mean, I think that that might be if you're talking about a plan. I mean, just the fact that they have Matt Canada as, as a quarterbacks coach, which they were missing last year, a quarterbacks coach, because I guess Randy Fickner served in that role for a number of years, but obviously with being the offensive coordinator, he he had to focus his his attention on that, and and he didn't have somebody there to mentor. Uh, Mason and Doc, other than Ben, which I guess he would have been more willing to do that last year since he wasn't playing, but uh, he's not going to be willing to do that this year, being the number one guy again. So a guy like Matt Canada, you know, that that might be, if he can help uh, bring those guys along, those young guys, and that might be your plan as far as, and as far as Matt Moore, yeah, I mean, if you have a guy like Matt Moore as your backup quarterback, then, you know, that's pretty darn good, uh, a good uh, backup to have if somebody like Patrick Mahomes goes down, but evidently they just weren't, they, they were comfortable with not having a uh, Matt Moore type as their backup. And I think if they wanted that, if they wanted to bring a guy like that in, I mean, they had ample opportunity this offseason to bring in so many guys and they just chose not to do it. So I think their plan is they hope that Mason, uh, Mason is, you know, better equipped this year to be, to be the guy. And he very well could be. Um, this year because that 10 games of experience is a very good thing. And I still contend that if Mason Rudolph was the quarterback um, full-time in the last three games, which he was only maybe a quarter in those last three games, mm -hmm. that they probably go to the playoffs. I don't know how far, but they go to the playoffs. You know, they still had some success last season after starting out 0-3. Right. But, and this is, this is not a discussion about, having a young quarterback versus a veteran quarterback you could tell that's what they that's what they want to do and we've seen young quarterbacks come in and right. be successful in the past the problem is are you as an offensive coordinator and as a team ready for that guy to have to come in and they absolutely were not they definitely were not ready for duck hodges to have to come in right and duck hodges did some good things you know, and you really can't get on Duck for that as well. The only thing you could really get on on uh, you know Duck for is not throwing the ball to Zach Banner when he's wide open, and Zach mm. threatening to key his car when they get back. <laughs> but um, you know, they did win that game against Arizona. So right. you know, well, I, I go ahead. Well, no, that, I think that's where uh, learning Mason and or Duck's strengths will come into play this year. I mean, they 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 have a a bunch of, of game tape on both of those guys now, I mean, meaning Randy Fickner and the rest of the offensive coaches and Mike Tomlin. So, I mean, maybe they, they can tailor their game plan better. They'll be more equipped to tailor a game plan around their strengths and weaknesses than they were last year because, you know, like everybody else, they were caught with their pants down because they, they weren't expecting to lose their, their, their meal ticket uh, half, by halftime of the second game. Now, Ryan O'Toole, says number two quarterbacks don't get a ton of practice time until they become number one. That's when you have a older quarterback 
you got to make sure that these guys get practice. And a lot of times Ben does not practice on Wednesdays. Right. So these guys need to, I mean, that's what I'm talking about as a plan. It doesn't have to be, oh, you should have signed Cam Newton. You should have signed Jameis Winston. It doesn't have to be that. It going with younger guys, that's fine. You're developing the future. That's no problem. And there's going to be growing pains. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got to make sure that you're just not throwing a clipboard at them and saying, hey, learn. Mm-hmm. Because that's a problem. And you can't, and you've got to be ready to call plays and not expect a younger quarterback to be Ben Roethlisberger with the play calling. Right. And because when you take for granted that someone's always there when they're not, you're going to be in trouble. Like I think about this all the time and this is completely, this is, has nothing to do with football, but I was thinking the other day, gosh, if I woke up tomorrow and my wife wasn't here, I don't think I'd know half of what I should be doing with the kids. And I'm a (laughs) very active father. Right. But what I'm saying is, I just, I mean, she knows, she knows where all of the uh, immunization records are and, and she knows all the, the minute details that she needs to know. And I, I got to get better at knowing. And so what I'm saying is Mason Rudolph's not expected to know that. Right. Um, but Randy Feetner and anybody around him are. So you touched on something that I think was very important. The fact that Randy Feetner was also acting as a quarterback's coach as well. They remedied that with Matt Canada, which is a very smart signing. But that's might answer the question, do they have a plan? So I got to ask you point blank, Tony, do you think that the Pittsburgh Steelers learned from last season? I'm talking management, um, more coaching management. So the coaching staff, mainly Mike Tomlin, do you think they learn from that debacle of 2019, or is this something that could happen again? You mean in terms of of did, did they learn from from not being ready at the backup quarterback spot? It, not just the backup quarterback spot, but being prepared for a veteran that does so much than just play, like Ben Roethlisberger or a veteran on defense, they lost Stefan to it. But if they lose a guy like Joe Hayden, or if they lose a guy like Cam Hayward for mm-hmm. the year, or TJ right. Watt, who's uh was in his third year, if they lose a guy like that, are they prepared? Uh, as far as somebody like TJ Watt, no, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't look like they're prepared on paper because uh alex highsmith is just a rookie and they didn't really have a whole lot other than ola and and, and tuzar skipper and they're still pretty unproven um did they learn from last year yeah i mean you know they're they're a, one of the marquee organizations in in football for a reason i think i think they they don't like to repeat their mistakes but I, we're not going to really know that unless somebody big goes down and that would be if ben goes down again and and I guess we'll have to see how prepared they are or what they learned uh, from last year. But as I, you know, I, I, again, with the, with the hiring of Matt Canada as your quarterbacks coach, I think that, that uh, tells us that they realize that they need to be better prepared in that, in the quarterback room in case something does happen to Ben. So Dave Schofield's in the live chat 
and uh, so is Lance. And I'm not sure exactly uh, what uh, what they're talking about because I'm trying to pay attention more to the show. But um, there's a little bit of a disagreement on uh, where they agree on this. What what Dave is saying though is that it's about locker room chemistry and leaders, and that's what I'm trying to say. Look, Alex uh, Alex Highsmith, that's fine. But are there guys to take over for leadership if one of those leaders on the defense goes down? Well, um, leaders on the offensive line go down. I'm talking about are there guys that could step in and have that grab that torch? It's not being passed to them, but grab it. Oh yeah, because you mentioned the the the, the close uh, how close these, the team appears to be now, how close knit they are in the locker room, and we saw a lot of that last year after the Antonio Brown debacle and, and how they, they were trying to make it pretty obvious to everybody that they were, it was a brand new Steelers locker room and everybody was getting along. I think you have that, you know, when you have a guy like Cam Hayward and Marquise Pouncey and, and uh, uh, I, I read an article from uh, about Zach Banner, about the weight that he lost and how uh, Marquise said, look, you got to, you, you, you can't be out here talking trash on the field. You have to be more of a professional. That's your job. So, I mean, they're, I think they, they do groom the, the younger players as far as – and they show them what it takes to be leaders in the locker room. I think that's – when you have when you have great leaders at the top, like a Cam Haber, like a Marquis Pouncey, like a David DeCastro, like a Joe Hayden, well, they they, they, uh, they, they set a great example. And, 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 and when, if somebody goes down and they're not around, then I think somebody else picks up the, the baton and, and, and sort of runs with it. As, as a locker room leader, I think there's a, a lot of great young, you know, TJ Watt. I mean, there, here's a guy who's already leading the, the, the who ride, we ride, we ride uh, chant before the game. That tells me that he's already a leader in that locker room. So uh, even the, even the young guys are stepping up and leading. So if somebody, if a veteran does go down, then they're going to have somebody step up and, and, and take over. And you know what? I want to go back to the Lance, uh, excuse me, the uh, Zach Banner. Um, interview the other day where he was lobbying, not just lobbying, you really can't lobby at this point, where he was talking about how it was a shame, and he even mentioned politics, that TJ Watt was not Defensive Player of the Year last year. And so that's, in his third year, that's how much they believe in each other, and that's an offensive guy talking about a defensive guy, and that bodes very well for team chemistry. I want to kind of wrap this up with Dallas Quinley right here. I really love this comment, all the eggs in one basket much. So well, the re reason I'm bringing that up is I think there's uh, uh it goes back to the whole thing. The, the Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers have a history of just riding a guy and putting all their eggs in this basket, or is that is that just an NFL thing now because of salaries that I think you have to you have to rely on guys making so much? I'm sorry, I, I'm not trying to cut you off. Go ahead. Well, no, I, I mean, the, the eggs and all the eggs in one basket thing. I think when you have a guy like Ben and you're paying him $30 million a year, it's hard to have a, a really great backup plan in general on the roster, whether it's a quarterback or, or something else, because you, your whole season does ride on that guy. Because first of all, you can't to get two quarterbacks that are, they get a really great veteran quarterback that, uh, of a caliber of a Cam Newton, for example, or a Jameis Winston, you're going to have to pay a lot of money, right? I mean, usually. I mean, I know, I know, Winston signed for a lot less than people realize, but by and large, when you when you if you have a guy like Ben, it's hard to have somebody uh, as a as a backup 
that that is of the caliber that you'll be comfortable with if if Ben goes down. Like the, the better that guy is, the farther the fall is going to be if if he does go down. So yeah, you have to put your eggs all in one basket, and we can't have it. We can't have it both ways. We can't have a franchise quarterback and then expect them to have another really great uh, quarterback as his backup. It just doesn't work that way. Not but not in most cases anyway. I'm not asking for a superstar backup quarterback. What I'm asking for is a plan to be able to bring that guy in and have him succeed and be able to coach him. Um, le- let me uh, bring up the enemies here. Let me bring up the New England pra- Patriots. Mm-hmm. One of one of the uh, this is why I think Bill Belichick is a fantastic coach. This is why I think uh, you know the guy they have there at uh, offensive coordinator right now as well is uh, you know gosh Mick uh, gosh why did I lose his name all of a sudden um, gosh McDaniels. be a professional Brian McDaniel's Josh McDaniel's and uh, why I think uh, he would be so much better in the situation should Tom Brady go down and you bring Jared Stidham in. If you go back to 2008, Steelers won the Super Bowl. The Patriots lost Tom Brady on the first game of the season. In the first game of the season, Bernard Pollard whacked him and he went down. They had 15 more games and that team went 11 and five. Right now with Matt Castle, a guy that didn't even start in college. He did not start at USC. With him as your backup quarterback, they went eleven and five. They missed the playoffs, but they they really should have. Um, they came very close to making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'm saying is, if Mason Rudolph was the quarterback, the backup quarterback last year in wherever, um, let's say New England, they don't miss too much of a beat because of the plan they have around him, because of the offensive coordinator they have there in Josh McDaniels, they don't, he would have probably performed so much better. That's what I'm trying to say because they did not tailor the game. When I say they, I'm talking about Randy land did not tailor the game to Mason Rudolph. They didn't really tailor it to duck Hodges. They said, Hey, this is the plan. This is the plan that we had under Ben because I felt they didn't know how to make up another plan. They basically gave them Ben's plays and said, go to it. They didn't, they didn't turn it into Mason Rudolph's offense. They had Mason Rudolph playing in Ben's Ben's office offense and duck Hodges doing the same thing. You need to tailor a game plan around those guys. I feel like I'm scolding you and I'm not trying to scold you, Tony, but oh, I don't know. I, I love I, this. I, 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 I just it, don't think it's, it gets me fired uh, up. I love it. This is more than just a backup quarterback. Um, I don't care who the 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 backup quarterback is. Um, as long as you have a plan, I don't know if uh, heck, I don't know if uh, say Cam Newton was the backup last year for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Say he was the backup quarterback. Yeah, I don't know how well he would have done. And not, let's leave health and everything out of it because I just don't think. They had a Ben Roethlisberger plan, and that's it. And there was well, no I mean, contingency. Well, I mean, we, we were we we were criticizing them for being too safe with Mason Rudolph. Remember the San Francisco game, and I think even the Cincinnati game, he was throwing two yard passes, and and people were saying, "Open it up more, open it up more." So I think they were 
they were definitely being conservative with with him anyway. They weren't asking him to do too much in the beginning. So, I mean, in in that sense, they did tailor the 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 game plan around him because they didn't want him to. They they were too afraid to to open things up until later on in the year. So, I, I don't think they they went in there and asked him to do exactly what Ben what Ben would normally do. I think they they waited a while to do that. And then of course, as we keep uh, as I keep mentioning. The, the, the wildcat experiment, which I guess lasted about a game and a half or two games. Yeah, it was, they, it was so predictable. And we talked about this and Dave Schofield talks the entire time. And he's he even mentioned this to Zach Banner the other day, when they said number 72 is eligible receiver, everybody knew what he, what they were going to do when he was in there. They knew they were going to run. It was so predictable. Um, well, you just can't, it- you have to have a playbook for your team. Right. Well, I, I think a lot of, a lot of the issue with last year's offense, obviously it was talent. I think that was a big part of it, talent and injuries. But I think also, I think they, they got to a point. It was like a baseball team with pitching. They, they were so, I think they had, they gained so much confidence in that defense by the end of the year. They were really afraid to, to make any mistakes on offense or really be really aggressive on offense because they, they figured and rightfully so up until the last three weeks, okay, our defense will just bail us out at the end. As long as we don't do anything too crazy, our, our defense will keep us in the game and we'll find a way to win at the end. I think that was a lot of, the, a, a lot of the problem last year was not that they didn't have a plan. You know, as I'm, as, as we're talking, I'm thinking more about more about last year. I think it wasn't that they didn't have a plan or maybe they didn't in the beginning. It was more that they were too afraid to, to be aggressive on offense because, they figured their defense was elite and it was last year and it, it could bail them out at, at the end of games. Well, you know, we have, we're going to agree on some things. We're definitely going to disagree on a lot of things in this topic. And I'm glad, I'm glad that we are. Um, that's, sh- that just shows that uh, the, the way we're thinking um, was d- completely different directions, but I'm not right or wrong. You're not right or wrong. It's just, we look at it in a different way. Um, so we're going to wrap this up with, do you feel that they, if the same thing happens again this year, that they're going to be better prepared for it? I'm talking about Randy Feetner. I'm talking the team as a whole. Um, do you think that they will be better planned this year as after last year being a learning experience? Yeah, because I think they're going to have, they're going to, they're going to let, if it's Mason Rudolph, for example, if they feel he's the backup or if he's next in line, if they're comfortable with him, I think they're going to let him be more aggressive, you know, and, 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 and maybe play to his strength a little bit more. So, yeah, I, I do. I'm confident because they're the Steelers because Mike Tomlin's a great coach and, and, and he's been around for what, 13 years now. So, I mean, I think, I think it would be, I would, I, I'm always going to side on, on, on the positive when it comes to them because, of, of everything I've seen from the organization over the last gosh, 40 years now. So yeah, I'm confident that they, that they, that they will have a better, they'll, they'll have a better plan in place this year. If, if Ben does go down. And like I said, I don't care who the quarterback is at least have, at least show that you have plays ready for what I want. I want them to have a Mason Rudolph game plan. If he has to be the man next year, I want them to take it off the shelf and say, here's the Mason Rudolph game plan. I know Mason Rudolph is probably working his tail off right now, and he has a lot to prove, and he's definitely go. um, I'm sure he's going to prove it. I actually believe in Mason Rudolph, 
But what I'm thinking, though, is I want to make sure that Randy Feetner is prepared for that to happen. And I'm, yeah, you got to hope that he will. So uh, we're going to open up everything to questions of the show right now. We're going to have a, a shorter version. We usually go an hour. We're going to have a shorter version of the show today, but for good reason. And, uh, and we'll talk about that in a moment. So uh, we might be doubling up. That's all I'm trying to say. But uh, Snowman, Snowman, love Snowman. He's always throwing in his hard work, hard work and money, $5 to us in the live chat for the super chat. Can Matt Canada make that much of a difference? Can he, Tony? Well, yeah, I think I think he he's a great offensive mind. He's he's shown that in in the past in at, in college and at you know at Pitt. I I remember that was like the last great offensive year that Pitt had was 2016. So yeah, I mean you know they all collaborate. It's not, it's not just as I've said many times. It's not just the offensive coordinator dictating to everybody. This is what we're going to run. I mean they all, it's a collaborative effort. So a, a, a great mind like Matt Canada can make a difference. And as the quarterbacks coach directly with Mason Rudolph and and uh, and Duck Hodges, who knows, maybe even Ben, maybe he'll, he'll give Ben some pointers. You just never know. You know, that's, uh, I really think he can. Um, and that's the thing, you know, um, what can he bring in to, um, to add to this team? And we saw that when you brought in Terrell Austin last year, he added to the team. He allowed Keith, Keith Butler I almost wanted to call him Kevin Butler. Remember the uh, the uh, great kicker for the Chicago Bears. Um, he was a punter too. I know he was a place kicker too. Oh, uh, maybe maybe he was a, maybe he was a kicker. Maybe I'm getting it mixed up. We had a Drew Butler. I know that. Um, I don't know if he was related. And that was around 2013. But um, I digress. But so my thing with that is, you know, Keith Butler was able to do more things and see see what it did for the defense last year when you had great defensive players, great defensive players being able to do better things. He kind of changed just by having him involved more with Bud Dupree. Look what Bud Dupree did. Look what the entire defense did because you had two guys in there making a difference, Austin and Butler. So that's, you know, that's a big thing to me. Um, Explore your world 2019. I just watched the whole bunch of Roethlisberger game tape, and I'll tell you what, if he's even 75% of the player he was in 2018, the Steelers are going to make a serious Super Bowl run. Tony, before I ask you your thoughts on that, that's not really a question, but I love that comment because I really agree with Explore Your World there, and the reason I'm saying that is he also doesn't have Antonio Brown to force the ball to. Right. Um, which is going to greatly take away from those interceptions. So what are your thoughts on that comment? Oh, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, I think that's, you know, a, a guy like Ben is, is so rare, you know, uh, just ask, just ask the dolphins. <laughs> They've been searching for 20 years to find their replacement for Marino. So just having him in there again, if, if he is 75% of, of, of what he is that when he was in his prime, they're going to be, they're going to be um, a Super Bowl contender because they have the defense and, 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 you know, teams can't, can't, you know, put eight in the box like they did so much last year. So yeah, he's going to make a huge difference. And if, if he is the Ben of old or close to it, and if the defense stays on, on point, 
then yeah, they're good. How can they not be a Super Bowl contender? That's just I I, I believe that all off season. Um, I brought up Lance, and that was the wrong comment. Uh, Frank Tank asked, "Did Randy learn anything from last year?" And all I'm going to say is I hope so. And that goes back to what we've been talking about for the last half hour. Do you think he learned anything? Yeah, uh, as you as you mentioned, uh, he, he learned that. Uh, he, he learned a lot about Mason Rudolph. He learned a lot about Duck Hodges, and maybe he learned uh, what to do if those guys are his his quarterbacks in 2020. Uh, maybe he didn't know a whole lot what uh, about their strengths and weaknesses last year, and he had to learn learn on the go. So Jonas Wedlick asks, is Mike Hilton the weak link in the passing game? Could Sutton outperform him and make Edmonds better? <laughs> I've I've never thought of Mike Hilton as a weak link. If he is the weak link, like we've like we've uh, said so many times about about Terrell Edmonds and and uh, Mark Barron last year, then I think you have a pretty good secondary. If he is your weak link, what do I always call them? The least uh, sexy supermodels. Yes, exactly. You know, I mean, he's one of the premier slot corners in in the NFL. So, I mean, a weak link? I, no, I don't think he's a weak link at all. I really think that. Uh, Mike Hilton and Cam Sutton are in a big battle for a contract. It is a, uh, we talked about Chooks and Banner, you know, uh, duking and out for that uh, right tackle position. What a great battle it's going to be with Mike Hilton and Cam Sutton. Um, they are, they're playing for a contract. It's like mano a mano. Um, the, uh, the last episode of the voice or, uh, or American Idol or something like that. Um, this is the WWE Championship. Um, well, let's call it the Intercontinental Championship there. But um, these mm. guys are going after it. And I really, uh, I think the cream's going to rise to the top. But here's the thing. I think they're both pretty good. And I don't know who to throw my money on right now. And that's a good problem to have because I like both of these guys. Uh, as far as Edmonds, I think Edmonds is going to make Edmonds better. I also think Minka Fitzpatrick is going to make Edmonds better as well. Yeah, right. So there you go there. Alfred, question for the show. If the Steelers are struggling offensively, but Ben is fully healthy, do we then blame Feetner? Well, of course. Yeah. I mean, you always, the buck always stops <laughs> with, with, with the head coach. I mean, if you have a, a, a full stable of, uh, of exceptional skill position players, you have, even though it's getting older, a really good offensive line. Hopefully it stays that way in 2020. Then yeah, you have to blame the coach. I mean, you know, they 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 got rid of uh, Todd Haley uh, after the 2017 season, so I I can't see why Fickner would be would be safe. I mean, it's yeah, you have to blame you you'd have to put a lot of blame on the on the coordinator. That's for that's for darn sure. I you know what I uh, I don't think so. Um, I'm going to disagree. I'm I'm just going to say that uh, we've talked so much about Ben being the offensive coordinator. So if Ben fails and he's healthy, it's on Ben in my mind, but there you go. Um, Senior slim one. Yeah. Least sexy supermodel like Cam Newton is the poorest millionaire in Sherman's eyes. (laughs) So that's uh, probably doesn't agree with me on that one. Um, Alfred um, asked again, who stays on the field the most to it or Connor this year, both injury prone dudes. I'd say just by the nature of, of the position, it would probably be to it. I mean, as far as the running back position, it would probably be to it. Uh, uh, that'd be my money. Uh, my money would be on him because he, his injuries are usually what uh, pretty severe. Whereas Connor, 
they're usually often nagging injuries. You know, I think we've asked this question before, um, Tony, but I'm going to go ahead and ask you this as well. So let's say this. How many games do you need to get out of James Conner for it to be a successful season for James Conner? Well, I'd say 12 or 13. I think okay. I think if, you, if, if you're asking more than that, you're asking too much. Okay. So if you get – and let's basically say – let's count this as a 15-game season, okay? Um, because the hope is that it's a 15-game season because the 16th game against Cleveland – means nothing that's your hope that's your mason rudolph ball yeah so that's that's it you know that's that's the uh that's the game where willie parker and james harrison came to shine remember that against <laughs> buffalo back in 2004 right um provided hope for the future you know th that's that's what you're looking at there um that's the next man up ball, right. and that's what you want it to be so with that if you get 12 or 13 games out of 15, I think that's I think that's pretty solid. I'll take that. Because I absolutely agree. And that is the main part about that though is Ben has to be healthy. Oh yeah. For for that to work. Um right. because Benny Snow Jr. would be fine if Ben Roethlisberger's quarterback, just like Jalen Samuels was a superstar against the Patriots in December of 2018. Dave Shipley throws in $5. Thanks, Dave. I already typed it, but Arthur Motes said inside information said the Steelers are in contact with Martavis thoughts. Arthur Motes is going to know inside information, right? I mean, he's still pretty tight with that team. Arthur's Arthur's a pretty interesting dude. I wonder if we can I get love Arthur, Arthur on the show. We, you oh, know what? Hey, Arthur, would. if you're out there, come on. I mean, I know you're 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 with uh, you're with a a Fox station. Actually, not a Fox station. I guess they're a CBS affiliate. But uh, I, I know you're with the fan. But come on the show. You he'd be, would be, he'd be a great show. guest. He would be great. So um, I've I've also I've been reaching out to Dunlap. He's never gotten back to me. I'd love to have Dunlap on the show too. I'm I'm a mm. fan of Dunlap. But hey. Anybody out there that wants to be on the show that's in the know, we'd love to have you. What are your thoughts on this? Do you really think that they're in contact with Martavis Bryant? Well, I mean, if, if Arthur if Moat says so, then I think, yeah, I think you have to trust him. I, I, I don't think he would say that unless unless it was true. Is that the right grammar? Anyway, uh, but as far as is them signing him, I mean, I, I think they have a pretty uh, talented stable of, of receivers now, young receivers that are for that. that we're probably going to be four deep if, if Chase Claypool is the real deal. So, I mean, I don't know, you know, you saw what happened in 2017 when he wasn't, when, when, when Juju came along and, and, and stole his thunder and stole his, his starting position ultimately. So, I mean, do you, do you want Martavis as your number five receiver, number four receiver uh, asking to be traded again? I mean, I, I you know, I mean, maybe he's turned uh, the corner as far as substance abuse, but you know, I mean, most receivers, they want to play and they want targets and, you know, he might not like his role here if he comes here and doesn't get a chance to play. Yeah. But on a one year deal, you, you come in and you take what you're given and you take what you want, right? Not just take what you're given because you're given more. If you take what you want. And if Martavis Bryant comes in here and you get, and he gets the opportunity, he's stupid. If he's not hungry, he's stupid. Right. If he doesn't play the game. 
Right. Yeah. And, and uh, if he's put back together, if, I mean, if all the King's horses and all the King's men put Martavis Bryant back together again, then guess what? You have got a find if it works. If it doesn't work, okay, fine. Right. It doesn't work. But, you know, if you have that opportunity to put a guy in camp and test him out and I am eagle I am and try to figure out who he is, then you might have a great situation there. So, right. I mean, you know, I know every there's going to be a few people that are going to pop up with, is this cancer? Is it, I mean, this is a cancer situation. We worked so hard to get rid of the cancer. I don't think he's going to be a cancer as much um, with, with another one that was Antonio Brown, or I'm sorry, Gummy Richards, gone. <laughs> so is it Gummy Richards or Richard Gummies? I mess that up all the time. Lance, Lance can help me out with that. Lance had, a, uh, it wasn't exactly a question, but uh, it was a request and I like the request and it's pick the Steelers starting 2020 O-line and we're going to probably go in hyper mode here. So I'll let you do this. Uh, okay. Um, well, I'm going to go with obviously Big Al, uh, uh, Feeler, Filer at left guard, Pouncey, DeCastro, and I'm going to I'm going to pull the upset and go with Shooks as your right tackle, just to be different. I don't even know if that's the upset. Oh, I, I don't think it. I'm just. Saying, I, I mean, think he's, he's the favorite. As far as like the popularity contest, I think people are thinking Zach Banner, but yeah, I think Shooks might be the uh, the starter there. I mean, if I if I'm using my gut, I'm thinking it's Chooks, but um, but Banner's uh, Banner's back and uh, he's lost weight and he he looks he looks amazing. Um, so that would be a great battle as well. Um, so I had another question there that I lost, but we are going to go ahead and wrap wrap things up here as well. But guess what? We're not going away, Tony. Don't you think these people deserve more of us? Do they deserve it? After making me angry with the backup quarterback stuff? Yes. I made you angry, Tony. No, no, they did. They well, you both did. But but I was reading some of the comments and really just getting turning red. <laughs> I'm ready. To, I'm ready to fight. So yes, you deserve. Okay. It. All right. You want to talk backup quarterbacks, Tony? Then no. Let's do this. Let's okay. do this. We're gonna sign off here. Five minutes. We're gonna come back on, all just like the, uh, just like when the Stat Geek had the extra Stat Geek show. Just like we do with the after party, we're gonna talk backup quarterbacks, Tony Defio, and we are going to talk about the best backup quarterbacks in Pittsburgh Steelers history. We're not gonna talk about what we've been talking about. This conversation's over. This show is over. But we're gonna come back with a new show called Steelers Nostalgia Corner. Yes. I love it. So uh, let's go ahead with, or maybe be stealing nostalgia. Or you know what? If you guys come on the show, you want to talk stealer nostalgia, you could name the show. How about that? So just don't throw the stuff in now. Save it for five minutes. We'll be right back. But I'd like to thank everybody in the live chat. This was a fun show today. It's great when we don't agree sometimes. It's great that we have a lot of time. So um, we're going to come back for another show in just a few. So thank you. Make sure that you check it out. Make sure you check this show out on all of our uh, podcast platforms. If you missed uh, some of it, check it out. As 
rare, uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper always said, for Tony Defio, I'm Brian Anthony Davis. Just when you think you know all the answers. We keep changing the questions, just like the show. <laughs> Seen a few. Whew.